0: This episode of Imagination Skyway is sponsored by KMV Travel, a boutique travel agency that helps families plan personalized vacations and create unforgettable memories on land and at sea. Not only does KMV Travel specialize in Disney destinations, they also provide travel guidance for most major cruise lines and family theme parks, which means they're your ideal partner, whether you're looking to plan that perfect Disney vacation or seeking guidance on venturing somewhere new offering assistance with booking accommodations, tickets, dining experiences, ground transportation, stroller rentals, you name it. Like many in the industry, their services are 100% complimentary to guests, but where this team really stands out is their unmatched service from start to finish. From hello to see you real soon, KMV Travel provides the resources and support you need to have a stress-free vacation filled with magic, memories, and more. Listeners of the show can learn more and start planning your next vacation by visiting kmvtravel.com skyway. Welcome aboard Imagination Skyway, your grand podcast tour of the magic. I'm your host, Matthew Kroll, and today's episode is part one of a two-part discussion all about Disney Cruise Line. For years, many of you have asked if we could produce an episode to help you better plan a Disney Cruise Line vacation. With five ships currently in the Disney Cruise Line fleet and two on the horizon, over a dozen ports across three continents and ten types of sailing itineraries, each with its own mix of destinations and lengths, you could truly sail with Disney Cruise Line 100 times and enjoy a unique experience on each trip. And since planning a Disney Cruise Line vacation is quite different from a Disney Parks itinerary, this two-part episode is dedicated to helping you identify how to start planning, some of the details you should and will need to consider for your trip, what to pack, what's included in your package price, and what might cost a little extra, and most importantly, how to make the most memorable cruise experience possible. This episode, part one, is dedicated to the planning stages of the vacation, and then we'll regroup for part two to discuss the cruise experience and some things to consider that will make your vacation even more enjoyable. At the end of the show, we'll return to Imagination Central, where I'll share ways in which you can stay connected with the Imagination Skyway, how you can discuss this topic with others, and how you can help support and inspire the future of this show. Please remain seated, keep your hands and arms inside the podcast at all times, and enjoy your grand circle tour aboard Imagination Skyway. Hello and welcome everybody to our Disney Cruise Line discussion. It has been a topic you have all requested for a very long time. And I am so excited to finally have this opportunity to chat with you about Disney Cruise Line, not just on Instagram Live, but also on the podcast. So those of you watching on Instagram Live, if you have any questions, please feel free to ask ask them throughout today's Instagram Live discussion. If you don't have any questions, sit back and enjoy because we are going to cover everything there is to know about a Disney Cruise Line vacation. For those of you listening to the podcast who are not watching the Instagram Live, this is just another reason to follow us on Instagram so that you know when Instagram Live events like these happen. Today's going to be special because it's not just going to be your standard Q&A listening to me talk about everything because I am not the Disney Cruise Line expert I did want to invite onto the Instagram Live our special guest, who is Kelly from KMV Travel. She's just going to be joining here in a second. She is an expert when it comes to Disney Cruise Line and has so much to share. I'm going to adjust my camera a little bit. And there's Kelly. Hey, Kelly, how are you? Hey, how's it
1: going? Doing well.
0: It is great. I'm so glad to chat with you, getting a little behind the scenes as I adjust my camera there uh i feel like we've been talking about this topic for months now and it's uh, there's so much to know about a disney cruise line vacation and those who have been on disney cruises before know this to be true it is not a standard disney parks vacation it is not like going to walt disney world it is not like going to disneyland i do not know this from experience just from those i've spoken to Those who follow the podcast and listen to the show know that with my seasickness, I generally do not sail. So we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, during today's discussion. But I wanted to um, first chat with you about your Disney Cruise Line fandom. And maybe for those watching, I want to hear if you have cruised with Disney, your answers to these questions as well. And let's start with how many trips have you actually taken with Disney Cruise Line?
1: Uh, Well, it totally is a fandom. So that was the right way to put it. Um, I have traveled seven times with Disney Cruise Line. Um, I've been able to do all the different classes of ships, which we'll get into a little later on because that might be confusing about what a class of a ship is, Um, but super excited because I have my eighth one scheduled for 2025 when the treasure comes out. So um, definitely quite the fan of Disney Cruise.
0: That's really amazing. Have you sailed with, we're not going to talk about the other cruise companies, but have you sailed with other cruise companies as well?
1: I have, yes. I've had one. It uh, rhymes with Smoil, if you know what that is. (laughs) Um, And I I have to say I'm a fan of most cruises, um, but you can definitely see as we'll talk about this why I love Disney Cruise Line so much.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a topic. It's a question that a lot of people had when they were submitting their questions ahead of time and one that I had as well. And so we're going to definitely talk about that. Um, Second question, what is your favorite ship?
1: I love The Wish. It's the brand new ship, our newest ship that we have with Disney Cruise Line. I say ours like, you know, I'm part of Disney Cruise (laughs) Line. Yeah, right? You know, once you go on your first cruise, you'll feel the same way. Um, It's just such a beautiful ship, the way that they've done things. And being a huge Star Wars fan, I absolutely loved it when I walked into their Star Wars bar that they have there, the Hyperspace Lounge.
0: I'm jealous. You know, this is one of those cases where I, I always say to people, if... Disney had cruise ships on land. Aulani is the closest thing to it. But if you had a cruise line experience on land, I would love it. It's just getting me out in the water is is a little bit challenging. Um, But I'm excited. Yeah. For, I mean, I'm, I'm jealous because of experiences like that. And third is, obviously, there's so many different Disney Cruise Line itineraries. It's unlike a trip to Walt Disney World or Disneyland. You can sail out of different ports. You can go to different locales, different number of days, on the ship what is your dream itinerary the one thing you haven't done yet um that is your on your must-do list
1: Oh, there's so many, it's incredible. But I think doing the transatlantic would be my must do. Um, we did a British Isles cruise with Disney Cruise Line last year. Um, and right after that, they did the transatlantic cruise after. So they had people that were staying on from our cruise to do that back over to the US. And I think that just would have been so incredible to do lots of sea days, which probably wouldn't be good for you, Matt, but no. I would have been very excited for them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, not my being in the middle of the ocean is not my ideal way to do it. But again, I think I'm I'm kind of an exception to this. Uh, most people, I would say, really don't mind and love to be on the water. And we'll talk about the ways to sort of curb seasickness and all that. If you do fall into that category like me, um, so let's jump into some of the topics. Uh, why should someone consider sailing with Disney Cruise Line?
1: I think it's going to be different for every person. But, you know, if you talk to me, I'm probably going to be able to convince you. Um, There's just so much to do on a Disney cruise. Uh, If you are a Disney fan, it is a must do in my opinion. Um, If you have people in your family who aren't Disney fans, this is a great way to get them to do something Disney with you. Um, There's so much that's on the ship for you, and also the fact that everything's kind of included in the cost of your cruise. So we can go into exactly what is included, but it's such a nice way to travel because your accommodations are right there with your transportation. So you're able to see all these different places within a much more consolidated time because you don't have to worry about getting from one place to the other. Um, like I said, we did the British Isles cruise and my husband and I both said, if we have children, that's the way that we are going to let them see the world because it was so easy to have our home base. And if we did have a child, it's just so simple to have all their stuff there. And we have the kids clubs if we wanted them, things like that. So it's just really nice multi-generational trips. This is like the best way to go with them because people can have, you can have seven people and have seven different vacations because of how much Disney Cruise Line offers.
0: This You already tapped into a few subjects that we're going to have to explore because, again, there is so much that's unique about a Disney cruise. It's interesting you talk about the perspective of being able to visit all these different locations without really—you leave the ship to go into the port, but you're— being transported on your vacation from one destination to the next, which is such a great benefit of taking a cruise and then having the Disney magic piled on top of that. And that Walt Disney Imagineering experience from an Imagineering geek's perspective makes it obviously next level compared to other cruise companies. But I have it from the reverse perspective where we went to the U S Virgin Islands a few times. And on one of those trips happened to be in port, On the, on just on land from staying on land when the Disney cruise ship came in. I think it was the Wonder, this was years ago, um, that came into the dock. And so there were all these Disney cruise line guests that were exploring the island while we were vacationing there. And on one hand, it made me, you know, jealous that I was not on that ship, that I don't feel like I can do it. Um, And uh, it definitely was when I looked at the different ships that were in port, it was the one that called to me the most just from the design of the ship and knowing that it's Disney and just thinking about the guest experiences. And then they were in that morning. And that night I remember seeing the cruise ship in the distance with all the lights on. And it was very magical just to see it sort of sailing off in the distance to its next location. So it really does give you the opportunity to see the world. If there's a port, Disney can go there and they continue. We're going to talk a little later on about the adventure, they continue to expand beyond Port Canaveral and go to all these different locations. I mean for a while it was the Caribbean and then it became the Mediterranean. I don't know the exact chronology of when the the different locations um b- became new itineraries, but the Mediterranean, the Northwest, Alaska cruises, and soon you're gonna have the ability to go to the Southeast and explore an entirely different part of the world with an entirely new ship. So it's exciting to see how this fleet continues to evolve. And to your point, how it does give you the chance to see the world with Disney as your guide, um, which is a very cool way to see the world. It's who wouldn't want to have Disney cast member service um, and Disney magic sailing you all around the world, um, which is, which is really cool. and uh erie lee on instagram here says alaska with mickey and Minnie equals bucket list i've seen a lot of my friends fellow creators taking that alaska cruise and having an amazing time uh with the itinerary with the characters on board with mickey and minnie's um alaska uh get up that they have their costumes so it's every experience is very unique which is kind of cool um you obviously talked about the fact that which is but that's why I prefaced in the beginning. Have you cruised with other companies because it's important because the big question that comes up is how Disney Cruise Line is different from other cruise lines. It's not just the Disney name. And I think that's important mm-hmm. to remember that you're not just sailing with Disney, but getting the exact same cruise experience with the Disney name and with Disney characters on board. It's, it's not just a dressed up version of another cruise ship. It really is an entirely entirely different sailing experience. I'm also pretty sure they were the ones to, we're going to talk later about rotational dining um, to make rotational dining popular, but other than the details of it, like what are some of the things that make Disney cruise line unique in this industry?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, you hit it on the head too when you're talking about rotational dining. There's so much that Disney has done that has really shaped the way for how cruising has moved forward. So if you look at when the Disney Wish came out, that really set the standard of what we are going to look for when we look at cruises going forward. So you look at the Icon of the Seas for, um, you know, Royal and different ones like that, where it's all really about experiences at this point. So um, Disney does a really great job, I think, with making it very easy for people when they're starting to book a cruise. if you look at other cruise lines, a lot of times you'll see super low prices, but then as you start to put on those things that you're going to need, like if you would like a bottle of water or things like that, that's going to be additional costs for you. Um, I think that's one of the pieces that really is nice about Disney is that your soft drinks and hot tea, coffee, water, all of that is included in your cost. Um, All of your food is included in your cost, of course, just like majority of the other cruise lines are, um, but uh, they don't have a ton of specialty dining. They have more minimal dining, um, specialty dining than other cruise lines do. But that means that their main dining experiences are at a little bit of a higher caliber than some of the other um, dining experiences. And that's also very personal, you know, I love the the food on Disney Cruise Line. I've heard other people that have felt differently about it. So I would say, you know, you go and you be your own judge of that if you've been on other cruise lines. Um, but there's just a different experience when you go to Disney main dining versus going to some of the other cruise lines main dining. Um, places where Disney's uh, you know doesn't have certain things because they are a family cruise line is we don't have a casino on Disney Cruise Line. Um, and that means that they have to replace that casino experience with other types of uh, in- entertainment, onboard activities, things like that. So you see a lot of onboard activities with Disney Cruise Line, like trivia, um, how to fold these towel animals, which are super big on cruise lines, and especially Disney, Um, just different activities that are for specific age groups as well. So that's very nice. Um, And I think the kids' clubs are just... You cannot beat Disney's kids' clubs. Um, I went when I was a child, so I have experienced the kids' clubs both as a kid when my parents kind of had to be like, okay, do you want to go to the kids' clubs now? Um, and as an adult where I'm like, why can I not go to these kids' clubs? They're so cool. Um, there's all these like, yeah. Star Wars areas, Marvel. It's just, I mean, it's exceptional the way that they've themed these areas, and you just don't get that on other cruise lines.
0: No, and the fact that we have, I mentioned at the beginning, Walt Disney Imagineering designing these ships obviously you're getting that level of park experience on water. I talked with Imagineer Theron Skis, who helped to develop the Disney Wish, and there's a podcast episode about that in my discussion with him. And he does talk a lot about the intentional design that goes into every single aspect of the ship and how everything is so thoughtfully created to make sure that the experience is top-notch. And I appreciate you talking about the family-friendly nature of Disney Cruise Line, because that is the one reason that if I were to take a cruise, other than the fact that it's the Disney name, it's one of the reasons I would choose Disney Cruise Line. I'm not really the type of person that likes to gamble. I generally, I don't care for that many adult beverages. Like I don't need that, especially with Maggie with me, I would much prefer to have a family friendly experience. And it's one of the things that makes Disney stand out when it comes to vacation experiences in general and goes back to walt wanting to create a family environment a family friendly environment and it's great to see that tradition decades after walt passed continued on disney cruise line we'll talk a little bit about a topic i have not talked about before i'm not going to discuss too much about it and you'll hear why in a second but I have, as I mentioned, never done a Disney cruise, but just this past year, some of you might remember, I took a solo trip to Walt Disney World. What you didn't know was the reason I took that solo trip was I flew down with Joanna and Maggie so they could do a mother-daughter cruise on the Disney Fantasy, a seven-day Western Caribbean itinerary. They had the best time Joanna got the premium Wi-Fi, FaceTimed with me, sent me plenty of photos and videos, came back with a summary of the experience and an analysis of whether or not she thought I could handle a cruise. Her, this, her and She's very blunt and honest with me. And she said, Matt, it's probably not for you. <laughs> so, um, which I appreciated the honesty and it made me feel so much better knowing that I had an answer about whether or not it would make sense for me um, with my seasickness and motion sickness. Again, we'll talk a little bit about that, but one of the things that, and the reason I bring this up, I am probably going to do a separate episode with Joanna so she could talk about the experience of bringing an infant onto Disney cruise line. Cause I think that's a topic that is really relevant to this group. And many of you would probably appreciate hearing her perspective, but um, so I'll save a lot of those details, But the one thing she did mention to me was how much she this was her first cruise ever, how much she loved cruising with Disney, how much the family friendly aspect of it was so important to her, especially being with Maggie, who was only, you know, a year and a half at the time. And she came back saying, if I ever do another cruise, which she plans to, um, then it's only going to be with Disney this is the only cruise line I'm going to sail with for so many reasons. Um, My neighbor who might be watching, she follows me on Instagram. She actually also said to me when she found out that Joanna was going on the cruise, how much when her kids were young, they loved sailing with Disney cruise line. And the cleanliness was the other thing that she mentioned to me. They had sailed on other cruise ships before, but the Disney cruise line fleet she described as immaculate her, her exact words to me please don't do this was that she felt like she could lick the floor that it was that clean so <laughs> um so anyway oh, great. <laughs> there's so many reasons so many reasons that it's different but I thought that people would appreciate hearing that uh that unique that that news that piece of news I hadn't shared it's been months um but I have lots of content of Maggie on Disney Cruise Line um Let's talk a little bit about how we're going to structure this conversation. We're about 20 minutes in and I haven't brought this up, but this is structured. The way I'm going to be asking these questions is designed to think about holistically, Disney Cruise Line, how it's different. We're then going to move into some more of the tactical planning that goes into every aspect of getting ready, like how you decide what, how to cruise with Disney, when to go, which ship to pick, all those questions, how to pack and then we'll get into the experience and things to take advantage of and how to make the most of a Disney cruise line vacation. Um, So before we get to the specific planning, the last question I ask from a holistic perspective, we talked a little bit about how Disney cruise line is different from other cruise lines. We talked about how Disney cruise line is similar to Disney parks. How, is a Disney cruise line vacation different from other than the obvious being on water, um, different from a Walt Disney world or a Disneyland vacation.
1: I think it's, it's kind of like worlds away as much as it's Disney and you still get that, you know, level of service that we expect from Disney and you still have the characters and everything like that. It's just a totally different experience. So you can take it so much slower with Disney cruise line. It's not as much pre-planning as it would be for a Walt Disney world vacation or a Disneyland vacation. You're not getting up at 7am to get lightning lanes or, you know, checking your phone to see if you can get a dining reservation and things like that. A lot of that is kind of structured for you. So, um, You can get up at, you know, 12 in the afternoon if you want to, and there's going to be food available because there's food available all the time. Um, You can make uh, reservations for onboard activities in advance, um, depending on when you're, uh, what kind of if you're in the Castaway Club, which is their um, loyalty uh, club, basically, you'll have certain dates that you can make that versus a first time cruiser, so you can get those and that may be your schedule, but your schedule is going to be very open for the day. um, And there are activities that you can kind of decide to go to that day, you'll be able to see that in the cruise app but it's not going to be the same as you know as a unit my family of eight that has grandma and grandpa mom and dad and kids we all have to stay together and do you know we're going to space mountain right now Um, and then we have lunch at this time it's going to be more fluid in terms of what you're able to do you can have people that are doing the same thing, or you can go off and do something else and then come together for dinner, which is what I love about it. And it's just, it's a such a relaxing vacation. I think it's the most relaxing vacation that I have ever taken for sure.
0: Well, that's a great statement to make. And I love the idea of a relaxing Disney vacation, not something that happens often. I've done episodes about staycations at Disney and staying at a Disney resort and making that your home base and not going to the parks for the Disney vacation. But Honestly, who really does that when they go to Walt Disney World or Disneyland? you want to go to the parks? Um, it's rare that we take a Disney staycation. So the idea of a relaxing Disney vacation is wonderful. Um, so let's talk a little bit about planning a Disney vacation on at sea. This is going to tie into a couple of different things. But generally, especially when you're working with clients, do you find that it's a good idea to attach it to a... If you, if you are sailing out of Port Canaveral, that's not always going to be the case, but if you are sailing out of Port Canaveral, do you find that it's worth attaching a Walt Disney World vacation to the beginning or the end of the trip or both? Or what would you personally do if you weren't like, before you were living in Orlando?
1: <laughs> yeah, think yeah. About it. I know. It's... I- I've, you know, we've done it at both ways where we've actually gone to Walt Disney World and then gone on a cruise, you know, vice versa. Um, I think it's always nice to stay at a um, Walt Disney World resort either the day before your cruise or, you know, the day after or both um, because Disney Cruise Line will provide transportation for you. It is, there is a cost for it, but it's pretty nominal in comparison to what it would be if you got private transportation or something like that. Um, so I always recommend if, you know, always make sure you're coming in the day at the day before. For at least your cruise, just so you don't have to be stressed about, you know, airlines and all of that that's going on. Um, so come in, stay at a Disney resort, and then take that transportation to the port um, and do the same thing when you're leaving. They do provide transportation to the airport as well. So same thing, it's a nominal cost. Um, but I would say, you know, if you're gonna do that, do that on the the end of your trip. So at least you're getting off your cruise and then you can deal with the flight if issues if there are some knock on wood there won't be for anybody, right? But the, it's just makes it super
0: easy to do it that way yeah i think that's wise advice for all those reasons or both of those reasons um we when we went down when i flew down with joanna and maggie they happened to be cruising that same day and there was a lot of stress around what if our flight is delayed what if our flight gets canceled and you miss the boat so that's not something you want to feel stressed about which is a great reason to at least the next time They take a cruise. Our plan is to go down at least the day before and stay at a resort overnight, especially not being Disney Vacation Club members. We can use points to stay at a resort that night and then, um, you know, let them go on the ship. I will do my typical then pivot to a solo Walt Disney World get as much podcast content as possible mode so that I, on the next Walt Disney World vacation, can then sit back and relax. And that's why you might've seen also, by the way, for those of you who are paying close attention, the August trip that happened when I had an unplugged Disney vacation was because I had earned that. I felt from putting in all my time on that solo trip, getting all the content possible so that when I got back to Walt Disney World with Joanna and Maggie, we could actually enjoy like a nice, relaxed, unplugged Disney vacation together. Um, so as a long way of saying it is a good idea to stay at a Disney resort, I think the night before, if you can swing it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the first step. There's different cruise ships, there's different ports, there's different itineraries. Even looking at Port Canaveral, you have three day you know, five days, seven days, there's, there's all different number of days, Eastern Caribbean, Western Caribbean. That's just, and then one, the three days generally just go to Nassau, um, Castaway Key, and that's it. You're just kind of like in, uh, right off of the Florida coast. And that's just looking at Port Canaveral. There's also different times of year. There's also different ports there are many times a year. I've seen Disney cruise ships once in a while out of New York. There are Disney cruises out of the Mediterranean. There are Disney cruises like we mentioned out of Alaska. Sometimes they're out of the Houston, New Orleans. There's a number of different places that they've gone. So what's that first step? You're like, I just want to take a Disney cruise, but there's so many options that are available. How do you recommend starting this planning process?
1: I mean, obviously, my answer is going to be, of course, first talk to KMV Travel um, because we'll walk you through all that. But, you know, if you're taking this on yourself, I would look at just go on and peruse the website because there is so much that is going to go into your choice that you make for a Disney cruise. And think about what is your priority Um, for our different cruises that we've taken. We've had different priorities in terms of we wanted to go on a certain ship. So I knew I wanted to go on the Wish because it was a brand new ship. So we just... We went wherever the wish was going. Um, and, you know, it was out of Port Canaveral. So that's where we were going. We knew we wanted to go to England. So we took a trip um, on the dream that was a British Isles cruise. And we were able to do that. So, really, it's, it was determined by the location. One of the ways to kind of narrow it down, though, I think that we all can kind of share is look at when you're able to travel. For a lot of us, it may be during times when schools are out. Um, That's probably going to be a more expensive time to travel, just like it is with Walt Disney World or Disneyland. If schools are out, there's more people traveling. So it might be a little bit more expensive. If you're looking to be on the more budget side of things, maybe look at, you know, like early uh, or late summer, early fall when schools are back in that people aren't usually taking off. Um, So kind of look at the timeline first and then get down to is there a certain ship that I want to go to? Um, Is there a destination that I want to see or anything like that?
0: There's a great question that came in along the same lines and I had thought about this question too. So I'm so glad that uh, G Bastos 8 on Instagram asked how far in advance should you plan a Disney cruise? And I think this is important because it's similar to Disney vacation club. If you want, and we talked about this, i talked about this with Brooke and Philander in our episode about this too. If you want last minute reservations, they're possible to get, but you have to be very flexible and where you want to stay. But if you really want, we talked about in that episode, Bay Lake tower deluxe studio for Mickey's very Merry Christmas party. You got to book that at the 11 month window or else you're probably not going to get it. Um, So how far in advance should you think about planning a Disney cruise? And is it possible to book something like this last minute?
1: So the thing with Disney Cruise, and if this is going to be with any cruise line, um, you're going to get your best pricing the earlier you book, because cruise line pricing is based on availability. So as more uh, state rooms are booked, that means that pricing goes up. Um, we have uh, dates available for Disney Cruise Line out until May 2025. I was just checking to make sure I had the correct month. Um, so you can be planning that far in advance, which for all of us probably feels really crazy to be thinking that far out. Um, But that's when you're going to get your best pricing, your best availability. And it's also going to allow you to pay that off prior to that, you know, over that time. Um, So, you can make monthly payments. So, you can make it be not as much of a, you know, hassle in terms of the financial side of things. Um, So, there are last-minute sailings that you can get but the pricing is probably going to be pretty high um you'll see that disney cruise line is not going to be the same as walt disney world where they kind of release these promos that come out you know every season um disney cruise line they do have a promotion that's going on right now for 50 percent off of your deposit um through sailings through uh 2025 i believe it's um the beginning of 2025. But um, if anyone's interested in that, they can obviously reach out. But that is something that you could take advantage of. Those are kind of far, few and far between. So when you do see something like that come out, that's when to really jump on it and take advantage of that.
0: That's a good thing to note. And uh, I agree. I've rarely seen promos the way you see right now. Um, how many offers are there for Walt Disney World? I think there's four or five, six that are happening just right now yeah. for Walt Disney World. Obviously, there are some tailored to Disney Plus subscribers, Walt Disney World annual pass holders. Um, there's the, you know, the longer you stay, the, the the bigger the discount you get. There's the dining offer. There's the free kids. Like there's there's so many different offers that are at Walt Disney World. And you generally don't see that with Disney Cruise Line. It's kind of just that's the price that you're probably going to pay unless there are obviously exceptions for things like cast member discounts and, um, mm-hmm. you know, those, those sorts of things come up but most people are not going to fall into that category. So we talked a little bit about, or um, we just brought up the idea of the the cost of a Disney cruise. And it does obviously vary. There are ways that you don't have to break the bank with a Disney Cruise Line vacation. I think that it is safe to say that you're going to pay a little bit more than the average cruise line for a Disney cruise, get a lot more back in value and experience out of it. Um, but I think the other aspect of disney cruise line that makes it unique is for a lot of people i'm used to when i go to walt disney world or honestly most places if i book a reservation somewhere i might leave a one night deposit i'm not going to get charged for that trip until i leave that last day that's when that you know that that final bill comes under the door or through my email these days and uh i haven't gotten a bill under the door in a long time and uh and that's when you pay. That's when your credit card is charged. But it mm-hmm. is kind of flipped with Disney Cruise Line. So can you talk a little bit about the payment schedule? Let's say you are booking that May 2025 itinerary or more realistically, let's say back half of this year of the fall. What does that payment schedule look like?
1: So all of them are going to have a deposit of 20%. Um, Like I said, if you have that promo that comes out where it's 50% off that, then obviously that, that deposit is going to be lower. Um, But those are going to be due at time of purchase. Um, And then you have, depending on the length of your cruise, and if you're staying concierge, your due date is going to be different. So if it's a one to five night cruise, it's 90 days before your sailing date. A six plus uh, night cruise is going to be 120 days before your sail date. And concierge level, um, bookings are going to be 150 days prior that really comes down to the fact that disney has their excursions that are booked at 90 days out for first-time cruisers um so with that they kind of want to make sure that you are you're locked in, you're ready to go when they're put when they're making those excursions because they have those partners that they're working with for excursions. But totally different than if you're going to Walt Disney World or Disneyland, even if you're doing a vacation package where it's 30 days prior that you're making that final payment. So definitely be aware of that if you are going to be cruising with Disney because it's just a new, new little bit of info there that's a little bit different than we're probably normally used to at this point.
0: Yeah. So naturally, the the conservative side of me, I'm always planning for the worst case scenario. So, what is the cancellation policy for Disney Cruise Line? Let's say that you, again, in in a lot of cases, I know for Walt Disney well it's usually full refund on that initial deposit up to it's typically five days before your check in date. So, I mean, short of, and then if you if you do cancel within twenty four hours, it's usually you just lose that initial deposit you don't you're not responsible for the rest of the the itinerary and I'm talking specifically about hotels there's obviously differences mm-hmm. when it comes to packages and with tickets there's those are non-refundable events those are non-refundable so I'm really just talking about the hotel stay um but with this what does that cancellation policy look like and what would you say to someone who is worried you know I've got young kids they might bring something home from school and night before we're stuck, we can't go. So, um, cancellation policy and this ties into, I think also travel insurance. So what, um, what would you say to those who would ask that question?
1: It's going to be similar to what it's like for a vacation package. So where that final payment is due for a vacation package 30 days out, if you cancel before that time, you get your full refund back. So same thing with this. If you cancel before that 90-day mark for a one- to five-night cruise, 120 days for that six-plus-night cruise, you'll get your full refund, uh, full deposit back. Within those days from, you know, 120 or 119 days and 89 days down to that day of sailing, it's going to be less and less of what you get back for your um, amount that you've paid. With that, like you said, Matt, the biggest thing that I can recommend, and I recommend this for everyone, even if you're like, I'm getting on this cruise no matter what, get travel insurance. It is always worth it. It's especially worth it with a cruise. There's going to be medical insurance that's included in that. So you'll have certain coverage um, that you don't have on your normal insurance. It's a super low fee in comparison to what you may be knocked with if something happens. So always, always, always get that travel protection.
0: Yeah. It's advisable to do that for sure for something like this. And it's... um you know, from a, a, a business perspective, too, I'll say that it really has a lot to do with the fact that once that ship leaves, it's not like they can replace that room. So people who don't show up, they have it, well, Disney World. If there's I remember as a cast member, if there was a quiet day, an unexpected quiet day, they might send me home early as a cast member. But they can't do that on Disney Cruise Line. Mm-hmm. So they have the same expenses no matter if you cancel it or not, um, which is a little bit different than an on-land experience. And the other difference is they can't backfill that room quickly with these last-minute deals. Once the ship's gone, it's not like they can, you know, helicopter you in <laughs> and get you into that room. Um, so it from their perspective, is important that they obviously make sure that every room is filled, um, or at least that their planned capacity is reached so that they, you know, they from a, it makes financial sense from, that cruises perspective uh so it's that's sort of the the behind the scenes reason not that i work in the cruise industry but that's sort of the behind the scenes scenes reasons why um the experience is a little bit different when with stricter cancellation policies um than what you would get on a land experience and now you've talked a little bit about the concierge level which is obviously something i would be looking at because I mean, that's a little bit more expensive to go with those. I've heard from people who have done it. They've had some wonderful experiences with it. But I do know that there are different stateroom options, much like you would get at a a moderate or deluxe resort, even a value resort. You sometimes get that preferred room or the standard room, the moderate resorts, depending on, I mean, Coronado Springs, I love talking about, you have like 10 different room categories at Coronado Springs. So what are the stateroom options on Disney Cruise Line and how specific can you get with selecting your stateroom? Because they can, your experience can vary a bit if, you know, depending on which, which stateroom you get from a motion perspective, from a view perspective, all kinds of things. Um, so yeah, what are the options? Yeah.
1: So you're going to have a few different options that you can choose from. There's interior rooms, which means that you're not going to have a window. Um, on some of the ships, you do have basically a magic window, which is pretty cool. So you'll have what looks like a porthole, and then there's a um, TV screen in there, and you'll be able to see the outside through the TV screen. Um, and some Disney characters will go by. So that's kind of neat. Um, you'll also have um, ocean view rooms. So those are going to be ones that have a porthole, so a window, um, but they're not going to have, you know, a about For you to go out on, if you wanted a balcony, uh, there are ocean view rooms with veranda. Um, uh, These are always the ones that I get. I like having them because I, while I don't really get motion sickness, sometimes it kind of gets me, and it's nice to just be able to walk out and you know, get a little breeze. Um, And then there's the concierge level rooms. Within these categories, there's also going to be different types of um, rooms that you can get. So you can do guaranteed rooms, which means that basically you're not going to select the room that you're staying in. Disney will place you in it you know pretty much the way that we see hotels where they just kind of place us in a room that's going to be your least expensive option but if you want to pick your room so you know i want to have a state room that's in the middle of the ship i want to be you know the middle of the way up the decks um because i know that's going to kind of give me the the most stability um you can go ahead and pick your specific room that you want there's people that they will always you know, sail on the same ship in the same stateroom because they love that particular stateroom because it's near the elevators or it's you know right above the kids' clubs or whatever it may be. Um, so it's nice because you do get to be that specific, or you can say, I want to save a few dollars, I'm gonna let Disney pick for me.
0: Yeah, I might actually opt for that, <laughs> that option if they were to implement it at the Disney resorts just because I would want to pick out like where in the resort i would want to stay i have that favorite room in Grandesino tower on that favorite floor <laughs> that uh i would want to take advantage of i tell you also my dad would absolutely take advantage of that too cuz he's very selective about the room that he wants whenever he shows up at a hotel doesn't matter where it's like it's got to be that perfect if it's a scenic location that perfect view it's got to be just like yeah. just right so i feel like it's perfect for people who want that just that like you said it's it's this distance from the elevator or this distance from the kids club or it's this positioning on the ship um it makes a lot of sense um Joanna did take that option she did select and I remember that's I knew the answer to that question but for those who were listening I wanted to make sure that was discussed but she did select a specific room number on a specific floor and it was nice that she kind of knew going in exactly where she was going to be and what that experience was going to be like Um, for planning out airfare, if you are not going to be staying the night before or the night after, I think it's important to know when the ship leaves. We're talking specifically about Port Canaveral. There could be differences in other locations, but when the ship leaves and when the ship docks and essentially when you have to be on the ship by what that last call is, and when you have to be off the ship by on your departure day, which they do, I believe, turn around that same day, like you get off the ship and more people get on that same day and it leaves that same day. So it is a really quick turnaround, which is why I know it's sort of an early earlier checkout than most people might be used to at a, uh, a Disney Parks vacation. But yeah, what is the um, what does it look like in terms of when the ship leaves port or what that last call is and generally when? you should be or need to be off the ship?
1: Yeah, so on your embarkation day, so the day that you're going to get on the ship, um, the ship is going to leave at 4 p.m. So you need to be on before that. So you should definitely be planning your your uh, travel to be well before that Um, because remember if you are coming into Orlando International Airport you're then going to have to get over to Port Canaveral it's about 55 minutes or so it's not a long trip but you still want to make sure you have that time and you need to get through the whole um, onboarding um, process Um, with that when you do check in you're going to check in online uh, 30 days prior to your sale date you'll be selecting a time um, or it could be it could be more than 30 days if you're a Castaway member but you'll select a time that you're going to be at the port, and that's going to be your check-in time. Um, so you just want to be aware of what your check-in time is when you're making that uh, your flight reservations too for embarkation day. For disembarkation day, um, it's going to be a little bit earlier. So you will be given a uh, tag the night before. is um, going to be a luggage tag that's going to be have one of the characters on it. Um, and then that next morning, you're going to see that those tags with that character are going to be called. So you may have a Daisy tag. Um, and It'll be over the speakers on the cruise ship and then they'll let you um exit so you'll have breakfast and then you'll go off um they do uh recommend that you have flights after a certain time i would just if you're going to do that work with your travel advisor or search online um through their website to see what that time is that they recommend but i believe it's after you know like one o'clock um but don't quote me on that one um but if you do have an earlier flight one of my greatest pro tips is that you can do express walk-off so you won't give your um luggage to them the night before um because disney will take your luggage and bring it off the ship for you which is really nice but you will just keep your luggage with you and then at 7 15 in the morning that's usually the time uh you'll be able to just do express walk off and you don't have to worry about getting your bags or anything so if you have an earlier flight that's definitely the way to go
0: yeah that would be certainly something worth doing especially if you do have that early flight um and I do think if you are not staying the night before, you should try to take that first flight out in the morning. Um, you know, coming from New York, there's sometimes flights as early as 5, 36 in the morning. And that would probably be the one I would be on just to make sure if there are delays or cancellations, you can quickly pivot and get down to Orlando International Airport and then get to the ship on time. Um, so really worth thinking about staying if you're not staying night before taking that really early flight and then giving yourself some buffer time on that checkout date as well um just to make sure that you you do make your flight on uh, on the way back for to wherever you're headed uh we talked about you mentioned the arrival process which I definitely want to get to but before we get to that you also briefly touched on the idea of Disney offering transportation now and it's I know it's for an additional fee uh but what does that process look like if you are at Orlando? I got a thumbs up on Instagram live. I didn't know they did that here. I know they did it on Zoom. Um, what if uh, for your uh, for when you arrive at the airport, if you are going straight from Orlando International Airport, what does that process look like for getting on the right bus to the port? And if you decide that you instead are Forward, uh, putting at the front of your vacation a, a Walt Disney World trip. So you're coming directly from a resort. What is different about the transportation, and how do you go about scheduling all of that?
1: Yeah, so Disney Cruise Line is going to have um, ground transportation that you'll be able to set up. You can do it actually through the um, app that you'll have, the cruise navigator. Um, or if you are doing, say you only need it one way, then you go ahead and call into Disney Cruise and they can set it up for you. Um, when you do call into them or when, you know, you get it set up on the app, you'll see the information about where the meeting location is going to be if, the, if you're taking it from Orlando International Airport. Um, it's going to be in that same area, similarly to where you get the mirrors connect or if you use the magical express before to get to walt disney world similar location there that they'll have it, um, and they'll tell you the time which your uh, transportation is going to go. So, they'll have several times throughout the day. It's not going to be like, you know, they're going to wait for every person who's taking that to uh, get out to Port Canaveral, but they'll have that set up for you. On the way back, if you're taking it from the cruise to the uh, the airport, um, when you exit uh, the cruise, they're going to have somebody um, just letting you know this way to your shuttle, and then they'll go ahead and take it. Um, Nice thing about going through Disney transportation is they handle all your bags. So you kind of don't have to worry about anything. Once they you put it on the um, bus, it's going to show up at your room once you get onto the cruise. So that's a nice part of that. With Walt Disney World, it's even simpler. You'll uh, check into your resort. They'll give you some information about the transportation. It will be right outside your uh, uh, your resort that morning. Um, but you'll just put your bag at um, with bell services, and they'll take it and put it onto the uh, bus for you, and then you're good to go. So I highly recommend it, just from the standpoint of being someone who is a nervous traveler. Even though I'm a travel advisor, I think that's probably why I'm a travel advisor. Um, just make it easy on yourself. Don't add any more stress. You want this to be your vacation and it's just be as simple as possible.
0: Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, sometimes you need to be that person who's thinking about like every single detail in order to plan it out. And uh, I, I should call this out. I don't think this was planted here. Of course it wasn't. By Ariel Lee, so thankful Kelly at KMB Travel was able to help advise my sister-in-law on her flight, keeping her luggage. It was perfect. Um, and she opted to stay at Walt Disney World a few more days. Um, so just proof that you know what yes. you're doing when it comes to this. I'm quizzing <laughs> you on so many things, Disney Cruise Line too. so you really know your stuff. Uh, the process of the airport, I will say, I was there for that because, again, I flew down with Joanna and Maggie. And what was great was we. that was the opportunity I took to fly down. I'm obviously, as you all know, very loyal to Delta, but I did fly on jet, jet Blue, so I could see Terminal C. And we arrived at Terminal C, and when we got to the baggage claim, there was a cast member with a clipboard, um, Disney Cruise Line, um, you know, signage there waiting at the baggage claim for a number of people. There actually it was more than just Joanne and Maggie. There were a few people coming in on flights at about that time. And once they had everybody on that checklist from who were supposed to arrive at that time ready, he escorted them to directly to the bus, um, which was great. So if you are arriving at the airport, they seems like at least a terminal C, they're actually waiting at baggage claim for you. That's similar to if you were to hire a private car service, what would happen is they would wait for you just before a baggage claim, holding up that iPad with your name or that, that, you know, (laughs) that written sign with your name. Um, so it's really cool that all these little details you talk about just leaving your luggage with bell services they sort of whisk it away there's all these little extra touches this added level of service that makes it a really premium experience and it's very different in that respect from so many of the standard cruise lines you might go with or from even a typical disney vacation you're generally not going to get that same level of service so it's great that they just add on these little extras here and there to make it even better before we get to talking about the fun stuff, now that we're we've planned everything, um, and actually there is there is one other one other question I did want to ask about this. Um, but before I get to that, since I've I've queued up an entirely different question, is one that came up that is something I didn't think to ask, but is really worth asking. Um, if you go, this comes from P. Perella. If you go with someone who isn't a huge Disney fan. Can they enjoy the experience too? How much Disney is on a Disney cruise? And I have to admit, this is something I hear quite a bit is, is there too much? And Joanna's actually thinking of going with her mom, who I think I mentioned on the podcast before, she likes Disney. She's not someone who would want to really be like fully immersed in Disney all the time. Um so she had that same question like is there going to be too much Disney on this cruise? Um so anyway, that question for someone who is maybe not into Disney as most of us listening and watching, um who is it worth them going and how much Disney is on a Disney cruise or is there a way to sort of like circumvent that sort of classic or stereotypical um definition of Disney where people think you're just going to be like meeting Mickey Mouse all day?
1: Definitely. I think that's what I love so much about Disney Cruise is, you know, we deal with a lot of different families and a lot of our families, maybe dad's not a huge Disney fan or, you know, uh, the the little, it really (laughs) is always the the dad. dad. (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, And, you know, they're kind of like, oh, I'm doing this for my kid. But, and, you know, of course we're doing it, you're doing it for your kid, right? But um, there's so much that Disney has where if you don't want, if you go on a Disney Cruise and you're like, I don't want to see a Disney character the whole time, you can make that happen. Um, there might be some main dining experiences that I, as your travel advisor, would say maybe you should you know skip this one and maybe go to Palo that night um, for the adults. But there's definitely things that you don't have to be... It's not going to be Disney in your face the whole time. Um, especially, I can say, going on the British Isles cruise when we did that, it felt like a very different experience than when I went on one on The Wish out of Port Canaveral that was a three-night and went to Disney's private island. There's definitely a lot more Disney in that because you're going to a location that Disney controls, right? With Castaway Key. Um, But when you're doing other cruises, there's a lot of things that... Aren't Disney. It's truly just your transportation is provided by Disney and a lot in that uh, aspect, but you don't have to be in line for characters. Um, a lot of the uh, adult areas are not going to be very Disney. Um, there's going to be elements of Disney, but it's not going to be like in your face, um, you know, with Mickey coming to give you a hug or anything like that.
0: Yeah. And Christina, my friend from. Way back in the day, we worked at the Disney store together. Um, she chimed in on Instagram Live here because she cruises a lot with Disney. Uh, classic ships would be perfect for those who might not want that Disney experience. Specifically, the Wish and the Treasure are much more thematic in your face, um, which makes sense. People are, I think, as they're cruising with Disney. Disney's getting a little leaning in, in a little bit more to that immersive experience, much like in the parks. Uh, we have that. I'm looking forward to that haunted mansion bar that's, that's coming to the Disney treasure. It seems to be really cool, but they, they announced like jungle cruise theming and haunted mansion theming. And even with the wish star Wars theming and all, all different types of really Disney Disneyfied, um, uh, or Disney themed environments, mm-hmm. which obviously it's great to know that if you do want a little bit less of that, you could dial it back with some of the classic ships right now. Um, so let's pivot. We talked a lot about planning. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot that extra question that I said I was going to ask. Packing for a Disney cruise. We talked a lot about luggage. Um, what might someone not think of? There's obviously the the standard things you need to pack. Um, I think everybody has their must-do list for packing essentials. But what is different about packing for a Disney cruise? Would you advise anything you don't bring with you that you typically would or that you sometimes don't think about that you really do need to plan to bring on a vacation like this
1: so one thing i will say not to bring is a steamer and this is a very weird thing but if you've been on a disney cruise you're probably laughing right now because you'll see that people will try to bring steamers on and you're not allowed to on disney cruise line because of um because of the electric that they have. So um, you'll see at the end of a Disney cruise, there's a table that basically has everything that was, you know, not allowed to bring onto the cruise that they're now holding for people. (laughs) And you just see maybe 25 steamers there. So um, definitely a steamer. Don't bring that. Yeah. Um, But I think things to think about bringing that you might not think about for a traditional Disney world or Disneyland vacation. um, Think about if you're going to want to change for dinner at night. I know for me, I bring two outfits a day um, because I enjoy getting you know dressed up for dinner. You don't have to get dressed up for dinner; that's not a requirement. Um, You know, you kind of just can't walk in in like your bathing suit. Um, But that's something that you know you can kind of get dressed up, and you can get a nice picture with your family. So that's something to consider. Um, I also always pack um, things for motion sickness just in case I do get something. Um, There is a health center on board, so you can go down and you can get drama. mean from there um you know the same way that you would deal with maybe like a first aid um at walt disney world but this is a little bit elevated so if anything happens you can go down to that um that area of the ship on deck one um but i always make sure i have you know the c bands the dramamine the um little uh stickers that you put behind your ear things like that just think about that kind of stuff um and then i also would recommend bringing a cup that you can refill um disney has uh stations on the on uh, their pool deck um, that's going to have soda that you can get throughout the day uh tea coffee things like that so you can go there at any time and just bring a cup that you can fill up or else you're using these little kid cups um to fill so it's just you know a lot more waste and you don't get as much in, in a cup. So I always bring a cup
0: with me. Interesting. And someone else mentioned the door magnets. I know that's really popular on yes. Disney cruises as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, so that's a good one. Sure Definitely decorate your door. Make doors.
0: sure to pack those too. Uh, all right. So now I think we've exhausted a lot of the rep questions I wanted to ask. So we're going to pivot. We had phase one, all the holistic perspective of Disney cruises and planning and thinking about the arrival process and all that, um, or at least getting to Port Canaveral. So now we've done all that planning. We didn't have to cancel. We've, we've made it. We're, we've, you know, the, we've gotten on that shuttle. Um, we're now at Port Canaveral. We brought our car, we rented a car, we brought it with us, whatever, however you got there, we're there. Um, Oh, one other question I should ask about packing, by the way, passports. Is that something that also is a necessity?
1: It is a necessity. Great question. Great reminder. If you book through me, you'll probably get about six reminders about your passport. <laughs> um, everyone does need to have a passport. So just have it, Have make sure that it is up to date and that it is not going to expire within six uh, months of your date of travel. Um, so that's something to be aware of as you begin booking as well.
0: This came up with our episode about Disneyland Paris and Christina, who just commented before, was my guest on that episode along with my friend Richard and the idea of making sure you had a passport came up and Christina mentioned that not a lot of folks here in the United States have passports. So if you do want to take a Disney cruise, make sure that you do bring a passport with you. Um, follow-up question from my Krish, which i think is important and i think it's the same answer though um if you don't get off the ship do you still need a passport
1: you do yes mm-hmm. they're um yeah. super this it's you'll have to have the passport because to get onto the ship and they basically um will work with whatever the ports are to let them know hey we've identified everyone's passport is, you know, good to go for those areas. Um, When we were on our British Isles cruise, um, I think it was when we were in Cork, in ireland um we actually got a letter the day before letting us know that the um port that we were going to was going to collect all of our uh passports and verify them so we had to bring our passports down to guest services and have them looked at by the officials that were there so um, if you really can't skirt around the passport unfortunately um it's just you know it's just part of the cruising experience
0: We're getting a lot of qualifying questions. Brandon asked this question. I think it's the same answer, Brandon. Infant passports. If you have a baby, they also need a passport. Is that right?
1: They do. Yes. Yes, Mm -hmm. they do.
0: Yeah. And this is one of the reasons we got Maggie's passport so early is we wanted her. She doesn't look a lot like her photo anymore, but (laughs) we wanted her to be able to do this. And she went on that cruise with her passport. um, And it's going to obviously come in handy for all of our other travels as well. So um always worth having a passport but that is another packing essential um okay now i think we've exhausted everything but i did want to it all of a sudden the passport just popped in my head is that we need to make sure to talk about this um yes so now we've gotten to the port what does the arrival process look like getting on the ship that day and the beginning i'd say of like you get getting onto the ship and then the initial events and happenings once you do get onto the ship
1: yeah so for port canaveral um, or anywhere that Disney has their own um, <laughs>
0: Welcome back to Imagination Central. As you disembark, please remember to remain fully seated until the podcast comes to a complete stop, then gather your belongings and watch your head and step as you exit. After you exit the episode, I encourage you to engage with the show by following Imagination Skyway on your favorite social media app, and if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with anyone who might enjoy our discussion today, and leave us a rating or review in your favorite podcast app. If you're listening on Spotify or already following us on social media, be sure to answer our question associated with this episode, which is for you to tell me your favorite Disney Cruise Line ship, or if you haven't sailed with Disney before, the first one you'd love to board for a Disney Cruise Line vacation. Plus, if you are interested in sailing with Disney Cruise Line and either don't know where to start or simply want to make your experience even more amazing, definitely head to KMV Travel, thanks again for joining us, Kelly, by visiting kmvtravel.com Skyway or reaching out to Kelly directly on Instagram at Kelly's Magical Vacations and just let her know that Matt sent you. In addition, be sure to explore Imagination Skyway on the Patreon app or at patreon.com where you can enjoy bonus podcast episodes on Man, scenic audio recorded at the parks, and even more content to enjoy, as well as a private community of listeners where we host weekly watch parties, small group video calls, and lots more fun. These terms and conditions and perks are subject to change depending on when you are listening to the show. Last but certainly not least, remember that achieving your dreams all begins with some self-belief plan of action and perhaps a bit of inspiration. It's all possible if you're willing to put in the time, the energy and the work to make your dreams come to life. Perhaps your dream right now is to sail with Disney Cruise Line. Go make that dream happen whether it's reaching out to Kelly or doing more research, figuring out whatever it is you would like to accomplish on your Disney Cruise Line vacation and how to make that dream a reality. Thank you so much for riding aboard Imagination Skyway and remember if we can dream it, we can do it.